Hey everybody, this is AJ, this is the Unnecessary Podcast, this is uh, Tom Jones we're listening to, What's New Pussycat, a classic. So, we're going to get on the horn with Lee, talk about all sorts of fun stuff. We covered, as usual, just random stuff, unnecessary stuff, TV and movies and food and religion, a bunch of other things, so... Let's just get right to it, shall we? We'll let Tom Jones take us out. Thanks for joining. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Oh, man, summertime is over, and I'm a little sad about that, but you have, like, some apocalyptic storm happening where you are? Is that correct? Well, it, it was 75 degrees today, so summer's still going on in the Poconos, but yeah, there's some kind of, there were tornadoes like not far from here, or tor- on Tornado Watch, it sounds like 45 minutes ago, when we were supposed to have the podcast starting, there, it sounded like there were jets flying over my house, like 100 feet above my house, giant fucking jet flames. Wow. Yeah, um, I saw on Facebook, like, my mom and people up in New York and Connecticut talking about it, too, so apparently it's it's a big storm, like, uh, over a large geographic area, too. Yeah, that's all we've been getting is just these huge storms for the past, like, two years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. in 2012, I feel like, like, Superstorm Sandy and, and, like, you know, those those storms where you just have, like, massive blackouts for weeks and, like, it just cripples the the whole area, you know? Ugh. Yeah, and I'm very aware of the weather, especially on weekends because I run the festivals, so I have to be aware of the weather for other people's festivals and for mine. So just, like, paying attention to that, it seriously rained almost every single weekend of the summer. This summer and last summer and this past winter, we were getting, like, at least a, a, a foot, like, six inches to a foot of snow a week at least. Every every week it was just it's just been crazy. Yeah, so out here, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say out here in Denver, like there was a month I think it was June, where it was just regularly a hundred degrees and hundred and five, and that's not normal for Denver. Um, it's super moderate here. Like in the winter, it doesn't get too cold, and in the summer is like traditionally been perfect weather i mean maybe on the hot side you get into the 90s but that was a really new phenomenon i've only been here three years and it's 2018 but eva's been here nine or ten years and i have i know people who have been here 30 years and they're like yeah it was never like that and um canada might be the most livable place uh, in 30 years <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I kind of zoned out when you said on the hot side, and I just had like an 80s fantasy of like a buddy-buddy cop movie with starring you and me on the hot side, and like you have a mustache and I have a mustache. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Lee and AJ are on the hot side. On the hot like side. Like Night Rider, but we're on segways. Yeah, what was the, the 80s, though? I feel like the late 80s, or maybe all throughout the 80s, they had that that J 
jazzy interlude music. It was either like like a saxophone, like whether it was oh, yeah. Die Hard or or Lethal Weapon or you know those kinds of Cobra. I mean those movies. Wail, wail, the, <laughs> the guitar wailing to be like ah oh, these are the mean streets kind of feel. Yeah, now now it's all electronic music instead of that. Because in the eighties that was right. like the ba- the eighties were like the bastard child of the seventies. So it's like everything that the seventies created, the eighties was like, whoa, we we can we can do a bunch of coke and make it way better. Yeah, yeah, just make it. That's how you get dancing in the streets with, I believe, Mick Jagger and David Bowie. David Bowie, yeah. In each other's in each singing into each other's mouths. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a bunch of coke and sing at each other. Just two giant mouths singing into each other. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, well, I guess Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop, because Eddie Murphy was so cool, that movie was so cool, that definitely had this synced up, the 808s, you know, like, or just cooler than that, not Mark Mother's Ball, but, you know, it had cool synced up stuff for an 80s movie. Yeah, and the, the theme song, like, the, the riff for, for Beverly Hills Cop is just amazing. That's a great composition, whoever made that. Um... Yes, and also that was Matt Kushner's ringtone in college, I remember, which is a nice. really weird random memory. And he told me this hilarious story about how he was in his, his AAAS class, his African-American studies class, and that went off during it. And everybody, like, looked at the one white kid in the class or one of the very few white kids, and, like, <laughs> people were laughing that, like, he had the Beverly Hills Cop theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I never got into the custom ringtones. I've always been a vibrate guy. I ne- I'm the same way, all all about the vibrate. I do custom vibrate. Is that weird? Not like hot it's like hot cross buns in vibrate mode, no. It's um it'll be I like doing a shorter vibrate, like a <laughs> like really short vibrates. It's like someone nudging you. Yeah, you can um you can customize how the duration of your vibrations. And oh, like okay. I you, can that. Up, you can make up, like, different patterns. So, like, when I get a text message, it's, like, two real quick vibrates. And just for me, like, I feel that more on my leg, like, the quick hit versus the the longer duration. This is really yeah, the one. You, you, you could not be sure. Like, did I really feel it? Like, was it just my leg, like, pretending to vibrate? I don't know. Uh, dude, the phantom vibrate is so weird and so real. Has that existed before cell phones? And, like, were people always just like, what the hell is that? And then the cell phones were invented and it all made sense? Like, coming back from the future or something? Yeah, in my mind, there are three options. Option A is what you just described, is that people have always felt this phantom thing, but now we have something to attribute it to. Option B is that it's in our head, and because the phone is there and our, our, our Pavlovian response to it, we just feel like it's vibrating. Or the third thing is is that there's some weird radiation thing going on, and it's like we're all going to have weird thigh cancer <laughs> in in 10 years, um, and then something actually is happening. I think it's probably two. Okay, well, here's this. Here's, here's option B. Okay, tell me what you think about this. So you know how animals have instincts, and they're just ingrained in them? Like if you have a cat, keep it indoors for its entire life, it's still going to – want to, like, chase stuff around, just the instinct. What if in our very distant past, we got to this point technologically for a long enough period that our 
that we felt the vibration and it became so ingrained in our brains that it changed our neural network. And so it was just an instinct to feel the vibration because you knew your phone was going to be there. And then like an asteroid wiped out humanity and, you know, we had to build over from, from cavemen. And now we're here and we still have that instinct. Huh? Yeah, I mean, an ancient alien um, hypothesis tied into... Well, that, that's more just an, an ancient civilization hypothesis. Oh, okay. I see. Sorry, that was my inference. Because that's that's where I would go in the ancient yeah. alien thing. I love uh, the ancient alien. On the last pod, I believe we talked about Paul Stamets, the, the mushroom guy who was on Joe Rogan, who's like yep. the mushroom guy. Um, he talks about he um, talks about the stone date theory or stone date hypo- hypothesis that Terrence McKenna uh, talked about, which yep. is that mushrooms and psilocybin spores, because they, they can resist UV radiation and can essentially exist in outer space, um, that they're intergalactic travelers that came to Earth and provided primates with the uh, the the resources to evolve into humans and, like, evolve language. But really, uh, it, I mean, that's kind of an ancient alien, if you will. Yeah, some kind of different species that is alien to us of creature, the mushroom. Mm-hmm. But I also think it could just be, like, uh, uh, giants, you know, giant beings that came down. Um, I was watching some YouTube videos about Sumerian uh, culture and religion and stuff. And it was... Nice. I used to be a conspiracy guy, and now it's now I'm just like, no, they, they're out in the open with, like, exploiting labor and... Um, you know, people with the most resources wanting to keep those resources. That's not a conspiracy. That's just how life works. Um, yep. But but these videos about Sumerian culture and religion was on, like, the conspiracy sort of side where they were like, here's why they don't teach you about Sumerian culture. And the beginning of this one video was like, think about this. Like, you learn all this shit in, in school, and as a society we learn a bunch of stuff. Don't you think we would learn a lot about the first ever civilization? And he was like, this, like most textbooks commit like three sentences or something to Sumerians, and that sounds like what I learned, you know, the three-sentence thing. And he was like, why do we learn so much more about Egypt? And they were like, well, I'll tell you fucking why. And essentially, it makes a ton of sense to me, um, the origin stories of Sumeria and their their mythology um, came long before Christianity and talks about the exact same things, you know? It's kind of like that Zeitgeist uh, video showed a lot of people a bunch of years ago, how, like, Christianity and Buddhism and ancient Egypt and Sumeria are all the same. You know, they all have very similar origin stories, and there's there's flood myths, and there's there's reptilian people or reptilian shapeshifters, and there's, like, giants, and, and there's gods, and blah, blah, blah. But the Sumerians yeah. came, had this story so much longer before Christianity. And if we taught this, like, think about life in the five, 600 A.D., when Constantine was emperor, or, or 660, or whatever, or, or 1500 A.D., um, and life in Europe, at least, is dominated by Christianity, and, like... Um, if, if you learn about Sumerian culture, all of a sudden you're going to start asking questions about your own religion. And that's not good. 
and it's just weird how, like, in 2018, we still don't learn about ancient Sumeria because it was a threat to Christianity. I really think that's why. And we'd probably question things a lot more, and there's tons of weird shit about aliens coming down and teaching them agriculture and, and teaching them a whole bunch of pretty advanced technologies that some that we don't even have today, and, you know, all that weird stuff. Um, but it's pretty fascinating, like, whether that's true or not. I, I could see Christianity wanting to suppress that, but regardless, Sumerian culture is, like, really interesting. Yeah, I actually did learn a good amount about Sumeria and all those ancient civilizations in school. Um, but I also had a high, like, there like there were a lot of Jewish kids where I grew up. I'm also Jewish. Um, so it was, like, a lot of Jews, also a lot of Christians, and, like, like fair, fair amounts of, like, Asian kids and, like, not as many black kids. But it was like pretty we diverse. Really similar. Sounds like we went through a very similar makeup uh, demographic school. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely learned a lot about those ancient civilizations. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I'm like from like a suburb of Philly. So yeah. it was pretty pretty good school to go to, I guess, uh, information-wise. And like not being very dangerous, like you, we didn't really have a lot of fights or anything like that. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But um, it's crazy how you don't really appreciate fight. learning when you're growing up. <laughs> I think having fights has a lot to do with Sumerian culture. Having what? I said I think having fights has a lot to do with Sumerian culture. <laughs> yeah, you get that aggression out. Fucking afraid of some ancient gods. I've had. Ne I've never been in a physical fight before. Wow, look at you. Yeah, I just never really have been in a situation where I could be in a fight. Like I've, I've never been like in the immediate proximity of a fight to be like, you know, should I intervene or not? Right, 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 totally. Yeah, so it's just, I've never, yeah, I'm, I'm not really in those situations. Especially now, I don't really, I don't really go out unless I'm playing a show, you know what I mean, or if I'm working, I'm mostly working or playing shows, so I'm not really in those areas. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I don't know. So, in college, I got punched in the face um, by it was friendly fire in the middle of like a, a weird melee <laughs> which I want to talk about but it was, oh, shit. It, was it was Orban it was Sean's it was Sean's friend um, so it was one of our frat brothers friends and you know how Sean had um, all these randos uh, these, these varying degrees of cool friends <laughs> that we <laughs> with <laughs> no, yeah. They were nice people, but varying degrees of cool. Um, and so what happened was we were hanging out in Shang's room uh, and we're smoking a bong because what else are you going to do in his room? Why else would I be in that person's room really, other than to get high? There's no reason or, you know, desire to be around that person. At the end of the hallway. You're sober. No offense, Shang, if you're going to hear Right at the end of the hallway. Yeah, so we're ripping a bong. It's like a Thursday, Friday night or whatever. All of a sudden, his friend, Orkina, Orkina, or Mukina, he comes fucking rushing in. Mukina comes in like a ton of bricks, all flustered, and like his hair is all disheveled. And he's like, dude, what the f He was like all pissed off, and he starts explaining how he was at his friend's house at, I believe, 
Beaver Hill or, or whatever, whatever those, that dumb apartment complex was right next to our house. Um, uh, Cedarbrook. Cedarbrook. Cedar 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 it might have been, it might have been Pentow. One of those that was near our, he was like, dude, I was over at this uh, apartment. I thought they were my boys. We're hanging out. All of a sudden, like, they start fucking with me, and they take my glasses, and they smash it. And he shows us these, like, smashed, like, prescription glasses. And um, and he's like, then they started fucking with me. And he's like, we got to go the fuck over there. And Sean was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, we to, and we're high as shit. And we go to every fucking room in this house. So we gather, like, I don't know, 30, like, angry men. And, like, it was like a pack of gorillas. We go to this apartment where, like, we storm up. We, we walk up the stairs. We storm into this fucking apartment. Um, I'm pretty – we may have broke the hinge off the door. I don't remember how we got in. I think Mokina just knocked on the door, and they saw him, and they opened up, and, like, just, like, a flood of 30 angry dudes came in. And um, and we were like, what the fuck? And we were like, we're here to fuck your shit up. And, like, somebody, like – possibly Sean, somebody flips over a table. Oh, like, my God. I think it was Jake. I think Jake just, like, took this heavy pong table they were playing on and just flipped it. And he was like, That's not bad. you guys think you're fucking touch it? And then Jared, out of the corner of my eye, I see Jared just, like, run towards a dude and just tackle a dude. Like, just fly Terry Tate off his linebacker, a dude, over a couch. And I'm like, holy shit, it is on. <laughs> like, And then, like, ten, ten of us, like, just start storming and, like, shoving and grabbing and, like, I hear punching, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is a mess. And, like, there's there's maybe, like, 12 dudes in this in this apartment at most, and we're, we're like, literally 25 people. Like, it is, like, we, and I'm like, oh, no, like, people, and I've been stomped on before by a number of people after um, uh, being unable to stop a, a fight between a friend and a group of people. So I've been stomped on, um, and, like, gone to the hospital and like it's not fun and I'm like yeah. oh, I don't want like anybody to get stomped on by two or three people because that's where this is headed so I go towards the door and I'm like and I'm like do you brothers like let's get out of here like just by then we like fucked up like somebody tore down one of their TVs like we caused like massive damage and like oh, also shit. beat the shit out of them <laughs> yeah like we identified the dude that was fucking with him and beat the shit out of him and so I'm like do you guys like let's like roll out come on let's go and while people are streaming out, I'm yelling, like, D.U., come on. And this fucking 6'5 dude just slams me. As he's walking out, he just takes his right hand and he just punches me, like, right in the face. Oh, and, Jesus. Yeah, for, like, for like half a second, everything goes black. And I open my eyes, and I see this, like, giant dude walk away. I was like, oh, dude, what the fuck? And I'm holding my head in my hands, and Sean was like, holy shit, what the fuck? And, I'll, and, and so we get back to the house. I get taken care of, and Sean finds out that it was his friend. It was his other dumb friend who's like, who was literally of the 40 people or 30 people in that place, he was the largest. He was like easily the largest, strongest, muscliest person. And he just got like decked right in the face. Ugh, thanks, dude. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He bought me an eighth, an eighth of weed. <laughs> so he was like so sorry. And I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever. 
So there's uh, there's one of my stories. That is insanity. <laughs> it was a pack of angry gorillas storming into this room. It was funny. That's like that's like pre-social media takeover. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to be like 07 and somewhere in that area, 08. Um, this was, yeah, 06 maybe. Like, I think I was maybe yeah, a sophomore yeah. and Sean was a junior. What? Yeah. When did the yeah, iPhone come out? Like 2007? Um, the iPhone came out in, I think, 2007. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So that was that was right on the brink of when life was about to change for everyone. Yeah, we could have got that on. Uh... Well, there was like some, you, can't, there was... you can't do that shit anymore. Well, there were some pictures that were taken of some brothers that got around on our listserv and then got out to the, the general population at the at Penn State. Um, do you remember this story? No, I don't. But I do. I forgot all about <laughs> the listserv. You don't know this story. Yeah, listservs, dude. Remember listservs? That's like, listservs are still around, by the way. But that's like, a, I feel like a very aught. That's like what Reddit is, isn't it? Just like giant listservs? Um, well, that's a message board, right? Yeah, I don't really use Reddit, so I'm not 100% sure, but it, it's just, yeah, just like message boards, basically. Two dudes that don't know what a listserv really is. Um, yeah, there, yeah, there was, um, some super kinky chick that we were friends with. You don't remember a spicy meat stick? Spicy meat stick? Yeah. Wow, it's a crazy story. I don't think so. No. Oh. <laughs> 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 I don't know why, but that just was a really funny way of revealing that. <laughs> no, spicy meat stick? Yeah, totally. It was, um... Yeah, it's a story. I don't know how many how many details I can how many names I need to omit. I'll have to curate this story for another time. Yeah, um, so this will be this should be like yeah that'll be that'll be its own podcast. You know, a podcast after dark because that was like that was like a crazy story where like this chick had to come out and defend like all of us and be like no these like these guys are. Guys are great. <laughs> anyway. That's your meat steak. Yeah, that was that was what we branded that that night. Um, just anyway, yeah, Oreo was involved. Oh, so much fun. Um, Oreo, yeah, fucking shit. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dude, is is fall your favorite season? I used to think fall is my favorite season, but now. Summertime's gone. I'm really sad. So it's like summer. Yeah, no the the only season I like is summer. I just only like it when it's when it's warm outside, when I don't have to wear a coat or a blanket, and it's just the same temperature everywhere. Yeah, yeah, totally. I my my preferences have changed as I've gotten older. I've just like realized more about myself. Like I, I used to think I would I would want to move every three years to a different place in the world, but then I realized, like, you can't have relationships like that, and it's hard to have close, you know, people close to you if you do that. But um, what I have changed is, like, I do want to live somewhere warmer. I'm glad Denver's pretty warm. But, yeah, I do like seasons, but summer is really the best. Yeah, just there's, like, that threshold of right when you're, like, not cold anymore. 
And you can just see you're just sitting there and you're just room temperature and you're not cold at all. There's like zero percent coldness. And that's just the optimal state that I want to be in. Just over that threshold, like before you get to the to the little chill, I just want to be I just want to be away from that. Yeah, you know it'd be dope. It'd be cool if you could have like just one month of winter, like just like literally one month where it's cold and it's snowy and it's sunsies, like December. You know what I mean? For the yeah, just a taste. Just a taste, Fishman, and then and then it goes back to like spring and summer. That would be yeah. really nice. Instead, it's like six months of winter and then six months of summer, like rounded on each on each edge. <laughs> well, at least it's not like you know North Dakota, which is like crazy cold, or like oh, areas that. in the near the North Pole where like it's the the, etern- the eternal sunshine or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, fuck anywhere north of like a hundred miles north of here. <laughs> you know, like, I do not want to live anywhere where it's cold all year round. Oh, that, that's my nightmare. That's literally my nightmare. Mm-hmm. I. We, <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah, that's fucking tough, man. It's tough living. Even like Chicago, like a cool city like Chicago, then and they have nice summer months. It is just brutally cold in the winter. The wind whips yep. you on the face. Oh, that bears. Um, you get in the car and you just yell, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Yeah, I mean, people have a good attitude there. It's that they have, they got that Midwestern kind of kindness. So, so everyone's. People seem to have a good attitude about it up there, but, like, same with Minneapolis. Like, people love that city who live there, and I'm sure it's a great city. I want to visit someday, but it must be brutally cold. Yeah. Did you uh, did you see that new Joe Rogan special on Netflix that was released today? No, but mark the time. We're, we're 26 minutes into this call, and we have our Joe Rogan mentions. So <laughs> say it again. <laughs> Just his, his new uh, stand-up comedy special just uh, premiered today on Netflix. Oh, nice. I actually mentioned yeah. Joe Rogan earlier when I said Paul Stamets, so I, I broke the rule. So I broke the Oh, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, I I will I it up. yeah I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check out his, uh, his special. I've, I I recently started watching Planet Earth 2. Oh, nice. After a six, after a six month hiatus, I uh, started buying Netflix again. But yeah, so beautiful, so great shit. You know. Can I tell you? Can I tell you a quick aside about Planet Earth too? I got a weed brownie from a coworker, and I don't have a great history with edibles. I've never really had like an amazing experience where just like, oh my god, that was so awesome. That was so fun. It's always like. Oh my god, this is fucking insane! Like the walls are melting, and I, you know what I mean? It's it's fucking crazy every time. Right. And I never really have a, I never really have a good time. So I don't know why I continue to do it. But so I take it, I eat it. It's very dense, you know. It tastes like weed, whatever. And an hour and a half later, uh, I think Angel's asleep, and I'm watching Planet Earth two. And I love Planet Earth one. You know, what I mean, we watch that all the time at, at, in the fraternity and shit like that. Oh yeah, I feel like Planet Earth Two was a little bit more uh, focused on like aggressiveness in the animal kingdom, and it was like it was never just like showing like beautiful coral reefs. It was like a sh- here's a shark. Now here's a shark like tearing apart like this other animal, ripping it, and like here's the eye- look at the eyes of the dying animals. It calls out for help. Like I feel like there was a lot of that in Planet Earth Two. So I'm sitting there just tripping my face off on on an edible. <laughs> 
And, like, the, the world is closing in on me. I'm thinking about my own mortality, watching these animals get brutally murdered, like a lion tearing apart an elk while it's still alive. And, like, I'm not, I just have complete tunnel vision on the TV. And I'm fucking sweating and my, like, face is red. And I just I had to turn it off. It was, it was too much. And then after I told the story to the person who gave me the weed brownie, she said, oh, you, you probably should have just eaten, like, a little bite of that, not the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, that sounds so that was, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, no, I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that was my last experience with edibles. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> You're like, I'm in the Serengeti. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, yeah, that makes sense. The first one was definitely like, hey... This is the first time we've ever had these great cameras and great TVs and also the know-how of, like, this is where we have to stake out. And so... For months at a time. Yeah. So, like, they, you get the mating calls with the birds and you get those, um, what is it, time release, um, you know, film or, or whatever they yeah. call it, time lapse. Um, time lapse, time relapse, yeah. Time relapse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, hey. Yeah, but the the plants opening and closing, and then now they're like, we gotta up our game. And now that they know the spots, they're like, oh, the one I was watching is that bobcat in the mountains, like diving his whole body. Oh himself, yeah, looking all cute. That was, it hurts his paw and it's like bleeding, right? As it's going through the okay. snow, is that the one? I don't either. I didn't get to that part yet, or if that's a different one. But um, this one was, yeah, yeah. I mean, had to tread through some water, but yeah, it was. It was definitely a hunt, and, and my nephews are obsessed with the YouTube clip from Planet Earth 2 of the lizard uh, getting chased by the snakes. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. Dude, I've, I've literally watched that probably 400 times because my nephews, like, I like showing them nature videos when, when we're hanging out um, because I like them, and I want to show them that adults are into learning, and I want to show them that there's entertaining stuff to watch that's not cartoons, and that's not fiction, um, so to speak. And so yep. I just think it's like a good experience. So like my two-year-old nephew is now obsessed with this lizard versus snakes because his older brothers, who are now six, were also obsessed with it. They still like it, but now they're like, okay, we've seen it 400 times. Like, let's see something else. The yeah. two-year-old is like, nah, a million more times, bruh. And it's amazing. It's great. High death, uh, dramatic, uh, good narration. Booyah. Yeah. David Attenborough. David Attenborough. And he sounds like he sounds like his fucking brother who was in Jurassic Park, which makes it amazing. Who is his brother? His brother is the old white dude in Jurassic Park. Welcome the, to Schedule. The old guy? The guy who owns the park? Yeah, his name is uh, Richard Attenborough. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah, don't you notice that like they sound exactly the same? <laughs> I've never I've never had those two uh those two memories combined in my brain before. Well that's why it's like so so Unfortunately, I'm looking at Richard Attenborough's bio right now. He died in 2014, but he, yeah, he was, he's the older brother 
of um, Sir David Attenborough, who's still That's alive. That's crazy. Which is cool. So, so David Attenborough is, it says, widely considered a national treasure in, in Britain. Um, but he was, like, one of the first modern environmentalists and, like, naturalists. He was, oh yeah, like, in the 20th century, like, one of the dudes to be like, we need to preserve this shit, kind of one of the very few people who carried on that legacy before the 70s when environmentalism became big. And so he's, like, a huge deal in that movement, which I never knew about until recently. So that gives, like, planet Earth a cool second uh, angle. And then the fact that his brother is <laughs> is the old dude from Jurassic Park, like, their voice sounds the same, so it's funny to hear that angle. But then also, like, Jurassic Park is obviously a movie kind of about environmentalism or about, obviously, biology. And the the camera, the shots that you see that, like, uh, Richard Attenborough takes you on at the beginning are very similar to, like, Planet Earth, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see the brontosaurus and stuff or whatever they call that, that animal now. I don't know. Yeah, their dad must have been like, fuck, this is cool. <laughs> well, I mean, the, you know the way the world works. I'm sure their dad was like some professor. Parent, Frederick Attenborough. Let's see, Frederick. Freddie? Yeah, it's just, we, need, uh, we need like a uh, a data guy who can just look stuff up for us. Yeah, he was a British academic and principal of University College, which is, uh, you know, in, in England. <laughs> But University College School. That's like, well, Eva makes fun of Penn State because she was laugh. We were both laughing about how generic, like, how Penn State is in a town called State College, and then the adjacent downtown where everyone lives is called University Park. Or I have it reversed. University Park is where the school's located, and then downtown and where you live is State College and. We were just laughing about how generic that was, and she College Avenue. College Avenue. Yeah, I always tell her, oh yeah, all the the generic shit. And um, she was like, that's like in Friends, where I think it was Ross was, had his address as One Yemen Way, Yemen or something, <laughs> Yemen Town, Yemen. <laughs> and I don't want, I don't. Watch that show anymore, but I, I had its moments, and I think that's super funny. <laughs> yeah, Fred's definitely had its moments. <laughs> One Yemen way, Yemen town. Because <laughs> 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 like, who's, who knows? Like, I don't even know where that country is. You know? Yep. I only know where that country is because I'm a child of the '90s, and like the the Gulf War was a big deal, so I can I can point to Yemen on the map. Because it's in, in relation to Saudi Arabia, you know. Use no. Do you think? Same with, do you think that? Do you think our information retention is fucked up because information is so easily accessed? Like how they didn't want us to use calculators in school. Maybe, but I think I think uh, information retention is overrated. <laughs> like if you can you, free up, <laughs> if you can free yeah. up your mind. But like because experiences. What's weird is like the reason doctors. The reason we have doctors instead of just WebMD is because of their experience. You know, like, they're able to – it's like that art rather than science thing where, like, they're able to take all their experience, and they may have for, they may have forgotten the specific interaction with the patient 40 years ago, but, like, it's ingrained into, like, their decision-making process. 
And so I think them. learning Yeah, so like I think learning things is important. Um for getting specific facts uh I, I might be less important because I think of my computer and my phone as a brain extender and hopefully we'll be transhumans in a good way in the future. And we can literally have brain extenders, so it's like ah eh, if I can get more RAM well not more RAM. If I can get more uh just long, you know, uh hard drive memory then uh yeah, it'd be cool. It's all about the RAM. The random access memory, you know? If you have like you know, a little high bandwidth, like if you can handle like a ton of shit information at once and, and you've had a ton of experience, I don't know. Tangent. And the brain plasticity is definitely a big factor, too, being able to continue learning. Oh, brain plasticity sounds great. Yes, I would like that. I would like some plasticity, please. Give me the plasticity. Yeah, no, that sounds, that just sounds, <laughs> plastic, terrible for the environment. Plasticity, great for your brain. You know what I mean? Great, great for everyone. It's like that system of a downfall, plasticity. I should put that on, and you know, I would put that on my workout mix, except for the, can you want to I don't think you trust to die. It's like, oh, God, it's so, ugh, cringeworthy. So 90s. <laughs> yeah, I, I was listening to do a little corn. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got some good stuff. The 90s was uh, was before... We completely lost our innocence. <laughs> like the world, I mean. It's like when JFK died, when JFK was murdered, and the Charlie Manson, that like still the innocence of the 60s. And then uh, maybe the big stock market crash of 87 when I was born. Maybe that was the death of the 80s. And the heroin hit. And then the 90s, before social media, and really before... Computers are really computers that they are today. And that was it. And now we're in an alternate timeline where Donald Trump is president. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the 90s uh, were, were pretty good in hindsight. Like, we, uh, we, we, we were happy about making progress in certain things. Like, we were happy to be like, it's bad to be racist. And like it's it's okay to fire somebody for being racist, and like it's not okay to like deny somebody their. But it's so funny because I'm <laughs> like we were talking. I was talking about this with my friends last week. Like um, one of our friends was saying how the, the show friends. I just use the word friends a lot, but um, they were saying the show friends had this really weird portrayal of transgender a transgendered person in Chandler's father who I believe yeah. became a woman, but she was like, you know, that shit wouldn't fly today. And Eva was like, even I were like, eh, yeah, that would definitely not fly today, but um, I, I feel like that sort of portrayal would have gotten them a GLAAD award um, in the 90s just for, like, yeah, like, sure, Chandler was grossed out by his dad or everyone was, like, weirded out by it, um, but just the fact that this person, like, existed on TV, you know, was something and his dad was, was okay with it. Like he was okay with himself being a transgender. That, woman. Yes, exactly. In many ways, yeah, he was like in, in in a show full of neurotic, fucking miserable people. He was like seemingly happy <laughs> with and comfortable with who he was. 
So yeah, and and also uh, I believe professionally successful. Didn't he like? Wasn't he like a dancer? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so like, yeah, in the eighties that would have been unthinkable, and any time before then. So like, yeah, that's how just how society progresses. But uh, um, Jake, uh, our friend Jake, was trying to argue with me at the bar. He was like, dude. Things are getting better because I was talking about how horrible things are, you know, with our president or, or whatever else is going on, the Supreme Court, you know. And he's like, but, dude, yeah. things are getting better. And I'm like, don't give me and, – and so we had this argument, and I'm like, yes. And finally, I was like, yes. In the aggregate, things are getting better because of things we just mentioned, like the transgender thing. But, like, that doesn't mean that the United States relative to the rest of the world is still um, the best. And, like, it doesn't mean that we haven't backslid on certain things. Like, I was showing him maternal mortality rates. Um, that We've gone down in maternal mortality. We're now, like, at a third-world country. Like, we've gotten worse. So I was like, yeah, just because things are better overall doesn't mean that, uh, that there aren't specific things that have gotten worse. Anyway, another rant. Yeah, no, I definitely understand what you mean. Definitely in the aggregate, things – I mean, this is the most amazing time in history – you know, in recorded history, this is the most amazing time for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's that. Well, we got a pretty good roll of the dice on that one. Mhm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking, um, that you, you know, the movie Arrival that we talk about very often. Uh, instead of doing what they did, we just show the aliens all the seasons of Friends, and that's how they learn about our society. <laughs> um. This gambler person. <laughs> Tell me more about Monica and Chandler. <laughs> like, um, making jokes about how your coffee mugs have nipples on them is funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the best case scenario for our species at this point. Yeah. Coffee house folk music is the most popular music ever of all time. <laughs> <laughs> they made they made um they made a Central Perk pop up shop, one of those temporary stores in Lower Manhattan that was like exactly like Friends. Oh, where was that at? Um, it was in Lower Manhattan, like in the village. It was a pop up shop, and they they outfitted the whole thing like Central Perk coffee shop from Friends, and they had like tons of merch. There was like lines down the block, super cheesy. Yeah, I would probably go if I was in the area. Mhm. Like, hey, this is be like, this is place from Friends, right? What's that? You'd just be like, hey, this is a place from Friends, all right. That, that is what you'd be like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a it's like just a place for you to like Instagram or, you know, post wherever. Um, obviously, you have to like chronicle your experience there. You're not going to go there and like not take a, snap a picture. And then if you're going to snap a picture, of course you're going to post but. Um, which, uh, of course, I would do, too. Which reminds me, my, fr- my friend Mike works for this, quote-unquote, experiential marketing company, and he calls them selfie museums. And he says they just, I wish I had gone to one. He lives in Brooklyn, and they do it in New York and, and around the country, I think. But they turn these warehouse spaces and these other, like, locations into kind of weird modern designs with, you know, like, uh, weird lighting and, and uh, interesting fixtures and, and stuff you can just kind of throw together. 
and and I, that's I honestly have never been to one. This is my guess. And he said it, he calls them selfie museums, and he said they're just cool spaces where people come take selfies at. And he was like, I see. He was like, I think this is what museums are going to be in the future. <laughs> and uh, a weird concept, but it reminds me of the Central Perk thing. Yeah, I mean, the entire world is just a big selfie museum at this point. Everyone's just like, where can I take a picture in front of next? And that's why 90s sitcoms, like Friends and, like, Everybody Loves Raymond, like, you can never really make that today because 90% of everyone's time is spent looking at their phone. So I don't think that would work well on TV. And then nobody watches TV anymore anyway. Everybody just has Hulu and Netflix. Yes, Hulu and Netflix are amazing. Bomb combo. C-c-c-combo. <laughs> Well, yeah, oh, I got Movie Pass too, which I'm going to get to in a bit. But I wanted to. This reminded me of when I go to the museum, which I love doing, and what Eva and I do. Eva asked me like, "What's our thing?" Every couple has like a thing that they do together, or lots of them yeah. do. And ours, I told her, it was like art, like like whether it's theater or visual art or um, museums, like that's kind of our thing is, is art. What we do together, but anyway. We, yeah, it's cool. When we go to museums, um, when it's busy, like at the Met, there were people who were walking from, and, and in Kansas City, I noticed it too, people just walking from picture to picture and snapping the picture and immediately going to the next one and taking a picture and going to the next painting and taking a picture and going to the And they would crush through a room in, in you know, 10 minutes or whatever. And I think anybody going to the museum for any reason is a good thing. I think just being surrounded by art is good, whether whether you're appreciating it like I am or not. Like, that's that's fine. Like, that's cool. I'm fine with that. I think that those people never learned how to appreciate art. Like, there's never – no one takes a class, like, how to consume art, you know? And What do I do, just look, look at it? Yeah, and like you're a musician, so you can you can glean glean a lot more from listening to music than I can. But like, I can still appreciate it in unique way, like in in intellectual and multifaceted ways, um, because I've like learned how. But it, I think visual arts the same way. But I think that most people to start just need to like stare at a painting for 30 seconds. Like, don't you're not allowed to leave for 30 seconds. You you have to look at this one. Van Gogh for 30 seconds, and you can think about whatever you want, but it has to be related to this painting. And I feel like, for me, when I stare at something, that's what I do, and after 10 seconds, something comes to my brain, like, hmm, I wonder how they did this, or wonder where they started, or, wow, it looks really cool how when you walk closer, the image kind of disappears, and when you move farther away, it snaps into focus, and and I can't believe somebody did this, and, like, how long did, and, you know, and all of a sudden, you you spent two minutes staring at this beautiful piece, and you're like, ah, that was fun, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 weird to, to focus on one thing in 2018 when we're just bombarded with stuff everywhere. It's like you almost like want to be focusing on more things than that because your brain is just like in hyper mode. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you need to. You need to consider like a different space because I'm all about the multitask. I, I'm bad with it. I wake up and I got a podcast going immediately right into work. And yeah, you gotta you gotta take time to like, okay, now I'm doing this and this is going to be good for me. Kind of like exercise, you know. Yeah, and just and just 
not having things playing for periods of a time. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you don't let your mind wander, you're not going to come up with original ideas. So sometimes I'm like, even like if I take a shower, sometimes I'll put like a podcast down or something. I don't know. Sometimes like today or the other day I took a shower and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have nothing on and just be alone with my thoughts for, you know, 10 minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, Eve and I were watching this Hulu show called Making It with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler as judges for a contest show, competition show. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, I don't think I have. It's really amazing because they're obviously two of the funniest people that we have. And it's a show about making things by hand and about crafting. And they have woodworkers and, and felt artists and paper specialists and just these amazing people who, like, are just making these insane things. So it's a competition show. And anyway, this one woman said that when she was a kid, she was, like, kind of a hippie chick who, who lived in Hawaii for a while and, like, surfing. But she's this amazing, like, arts and crafts person. And she was like, as a kid, my mom would just make me go outside and she would say, hey, go play with rocks. And she lived in, like, Vermont or wherever. And she, that's, you know, like you said, boredom leads to creativity. And um, this woman, like, makes tons of shit from scratch and probably started with her mom being like, eh, go find something to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the spaces in between consuming things where you think of stuff that you want to do with your own life. Yeah. Everything needs, like, it's ebb and flow, right? Like, there's a time for everything. Yeah. Like, you can't just be, like, go, 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 constantly being bombarded with stimulation. Like, as much as I'd like to do that, like, you keep seeing that. Yeah, it's like a weird dystopian future. You're just, like, in a reclining chair, and there's just, like, a screen in front of you, and then you're holding a screen, and there's music playing, and, like, Wally. I don't know if you ever see that movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, where everyone's just on the on the floating cruise ship in space on a floating lawn chair. <laughs> it might have been you, but I know that there's it's definitely been other people that have mentioned Wally as like a potential reality for the future. Yeah, definitely. That's why it was so crazy. That movie is pretty good. Yeah. Um, for the first thirty years of my life before I got in touch with like my physical body, like I was all in my head. And I cut myself off from my physical body, and, and before I became gluten-free and kind of did an elimination diet, lost a ton of weight, and started communicating with my body. Before then, um, I really was so obsessed with the mind over the body, and I wasn't willing to accept that they were part of a continuum and, and part of a mutually co-arising system. You can't have one without the other. And I just really wish that, like, we could have been brains in a tank. Like, I, I really... Subconsciously, was thinking like, if I could just be a, a sensory input um, organ and just experience the world in like from my head, um, I really that, that's how like I preferred to, to do things. And yeah, it's a weird future of just like sitting in a chair and having things come at you, and um, it's not as fulfilling as yeah, like things that. Having a balance, like having things that are easy and stimulate you is great, but then also having those things that, like, take work, take a little time that are rewarding. Um, it's probably like an evolutionary or a biological urge that we have to, like, feel 
valuable and feel like work is getting done to do something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, like, the extreme of that, which is, like, the Matrix, where you're just, like, <laughs> in a chair and there's another reality coming at you. Oh, totally. Yeah. Dude, I love the fucking... The guy in the Matrix, I, I, it's not, it's not Joe Cantaleone, I don't think, but it's, is it? That, that dude who is like the rat, he's like that, that skeevy guy who's like eating a steak dinner with the agent, and he's like, I want to be, I want to be rich and famous, but not too famous. Do you remember that? I'm trying to remember. It's, um, Cypher. His name was Cypher, and he had this shitty goatee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's actually in a lot of movies. What's his name? Yeah, he's, he's one of those bad guys. It's Joe Pampliano. Pampliano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a quintessential bad guy. I love him in Bad Boys, too. But anyway, um, yeah, he he's, he's like eating that steak with the Asian. Like, I want to be rich. <laughs> and I love that so much. How he's just like... Suck it. Here, wait, I got her. He goes, you know, I know this steak doesn't exist. I know when I put it in my mouth, the Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. After nine years, you know what I realized? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah, great scene. It's so great. And it's like, yeah, you've kind of got a point. And I, dude, um, uh, what's his name? Joe, not Joe Rogan. Um, Joe, I forget his goddamn name. He's in he's in um, Better Call Saul. He's a veterinarian, but he's also a stand-up comedian. And back in the Opie and Anthony show, he would talk about this. How the he would he would totally be Cipher in the Matrix. He would totally be the dude <laughs> to be like, put me fucking in, and I will sabotage this whole deal as long as you make me rich. Um, which is a, a great metaphor for society, right? I just realized that Cipher being yep. like, I'm going to be selfish to get mine. That's so like how humans are. But, um, Matrix is one of the greatest movies ever made, I think. It is so good. But, but this comedian is like, I would, why would you opt to live in, he called it like some, some like swampy cave or some, some wet cave <laughs> or something like that. He's like, why would you want to live in this apocalypse, post-apocalyptic like cave scenario? It just sounds awful. Like, wouldn't you rather just live your life? So I thought that was funny. And eat mush for breakfast. Yeah, just eating mush. <laughs> they, they, they yeah, well, about, this certainly does suck right here. <laughs> they talk about having sex in the, in the Matrix, like, or when you, if you're opting out of the Matrix to live in that, that wet cave, um, like, if you have sex, you're like, oh, diddle my, diddle my porthole. <laughs> like, those weird <laughs> yeah. that you have, like, that comes out of it. This is just yeah. You have, you have to clean that out every time. <laughs> Can you come in that? This is not an appealing existence at all. Yeah, they're like special, like porthole, like matrix hole cleaner. Yeah, like dude, what the fuck is the difference? Honestly, if you this goes back to when in high school I read Brave New World, I was like, what's so bad about this? Everyone's high on soma, and uh, things are fine. <laughs> It's just like this authoritarian socialism, but um, it's like if the ma- okay, so if the if the fucking Agent Smiths, if the if the virus robots in the Matrix, 
can make the matrix anything that they want because they're computers that are programming this world for us. They're simulating the universe. Why can't they simulate a utopia? Why the fuck are they simulating this world? Which I guess goes back to how you said the matrix is great. It's kind of a Christian thing. But why would God uh, make make this imperfect world? Right. Well, they, they they said they said in the Matrix a lot that they tried to make it a utopia, and that the one that they were living in, the one that like the movie takes place in, is like maybe like the fourth iteration of it. Oh right. Uh, okay. Yeah, and they said they tried to make it a utopia, but like the 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 human brains didn't accept it, and like they lost whole crops of people. Whole so crops like, of people gone. Yeah, I mean. The human brain. I need to go into. The, I need to ask a couple follow-ups on that. On that one. <laughs> I need to like, watch the Matrix again. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Yeah. No. I'm not follow-up questions for you. I mean, follow-up questions for Agent Smith. Like, if I were eating dinner with, like, if I was with uh, Morgan, oh, not Morgan, Lawrence Fishburne, I'd like, wait a minute. Can you go back? That this is the fourth one. Like, I'm. Ah, you have a lab somewhere. You can do fucking testing. Like. You can make this world better. Do it better. Like, I'm, you see, like, I'm all for being harvested. Like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. If you're saying that society is a computer program, like, I, you see, I have a lot more faith in technology than I do in people. Like, you can improve that system. Come on, guys. Matrix 4, the, the, the salvation, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, if, I guess... The theory is if we can't suffer, then there's no purpose of living. Oh, wait a minute. This would be a perfect Matrix 4. Lee, follow me on this. Um, Neo was a hacker, right? Wasn't he like a computer genius? Yes. He's a coder. This is the yes. Matrix 4. He becomes, the way he fucking saves everybody is he recodes the Matrix to make it a utopia that won't lose crops of people. So it's a win-win, dude. They get to harvest my fucking body, and I get to live in a utopia. Can we call it a day? Matrix 4, the salvation. <laughs> did you did you see the Matrix 2 and 3? I did, but I don't remember what happened. Yeah, they were, I didn't think they were very good. But um, I believe that Neo dies at the end and destroys the Matrix, and no. then... The, the Matrix is reset, and then they, it's like, starts again, I guess. <laughs> Great. Something like um, that. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was just about to say, I should watch Matrix 2 and 3 again, but I'll, I will never do that, because I know that they're not. Yeah, good. they're just, yeah, they're just not. It's like, the, the, the universe that it's set in is so awesome. The, the first Matrix is so good, and then the second and third are just like, what is happening right now? So you know how they reboot series? You know how, like, Spider-Man has been rebooted, like, three times between yeah. 2004 and 2016, I feel like? There's never been there's never been a redo. Like, there's been reboots. But what about a redo? And so... Like, make the exact movie? <laughs> dude, like, I know that there are Star Wars fans out there that would totally love to redo, what, the fucking Jar Jar Binks one? Like, what if you were just like, let's just reinsert a new movie that would take that movie's place, and so you never have to watch that movie again. Godfather Three, you know. Would that be would that be fundamentally 
um, altering the universe that it's set in, like the canon of the universe that it's set in? Well, because Jar Jar Binks is now part of that universe. Is he really, though? Does Jar Jar make an appearance? Because everyone hates him. What I'm uh, I mean, like, in, the, in like the first three, episodes one, two, and three. Really? He's like all up in that business? I know that he was in episode one. Was that the one that he was in originally? I think so. Was yeah. The, the, the car race scene and that, with young Anakin. And everyone was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> the, sure he never made another appearance because, like, the public had spoken. We're like, never yeah. Yeah, the worst thing that they ever did was to add the the special like effects to the original three Star Wars. Um, yeah. Where they did the special editions and added in the horrible computer animation. It's like yeah. it's it hurts me. I watched it. I I forget if I watched it on like HBO or something, but it it hurt my soul to watch it. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? So I we. We may have talked about this on the last pod. I was never a huge Star Wars person, even though my 13th birthday, it might have been my 13th, it was maybe my 12th, like one of my birthdays we went to see the the A New Hope when it came back to theaters, just because it was like the Oh, I movie. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, like I liked movies and that was a big event. I wasn't a huge Star Wars person, but I'm like, oh, I can get into this. Sounds like a cool birthday, I think, was, was my thinking. Um, I was more of a Star Trek person, which is really funny, like, I feel like a lot of boys had either a Star Trek or Star Wars thing, uh, my dad was a Star Trek guy, he liked Chapman in the TV show. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never uh, watched Star Trek as a kid, or really ever, I've only ever seen, like, clips, um, yeah. But it's just like Disco Biscuits or Humphreys. Like, you got to pick one, Star Trek or Star Wars. <laughs> That's hilarious. Molly or Acid, Biscuits or Humphreys. <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars. Got to pick one. What are you? I'm Star Wars, Disco Biscuits, Molly. Oh, interesting. I'm Humphreys. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Star Wars Humphreys. Do you like personality types, like an EMFJ or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also throw all Bob's Burgers in there. I'm down yeah, for that. I'm U L D Humphreys Bob's Burgers. Millennial the millennial personality type. Yep. I finally watched uh, Rick and Morty. I mean I I watched like part of an episode before and I didn't get into it and my friend made me watch one and it was funny. It's good. It's a good show. Yeah, I watched the first two seasons uh, pretty obsessively for like six months, and then the third one came out, so I came in at a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, funny. I think it's Dan Harmon. Is that who it is? Who did Community, or am I mistaken? Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah him and uh, Justin Roiland. Um, yeah, Dan Harmon, I think, is genius. My favorite show that he did was, was Community. Um, pre-Me Too movement and tons of women, uh, you know, and, and good stories around all sorts of things. But um, me and I made Eva watch the Meow Meow Beans episode. It's a social media app where you rank each other. You just give each other, um, oh, I'm going to give you five Meow Meow Beans. Like, you, that was a good <laughs> conversation we had. 
And he's like, I didn't think that was a good conversation at all. I'm going to give it two meow meow beans. And like, and, and it's, it's like they're beta testing this new app on the school uh, and paying the school to do it. And so everyone's like, ah, oh, this is dumb. And then like within two days, it turns into this apocalyptic, like Mad Max road warrior scenario where like the fours are like, like aristocrats and kings and like the twos are scrapping for apples. Like it is so funny, man. It's and ridiculous, you know, very Dan Harmon. Of course, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, it's good shit, man. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you enjoy Rick and Morty. That's good. Were you a did you watch like Did you watch every, I'm sorry, did you watch every episode of it? No, no, I no, the only episode I watched was Pickle Rick. Oh wow, that's uh yeah. The first two seasons are way different than the third season. Oh okay, well Pickle Rick was really good. Yeah, it's, it's crazy animation sequences. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and it's funny because I I I heard of that reference before Pickle Rick, and um, there's a a roller disco around here the third Friday of every month, and they do different themes every month. And one month it was uh, Rick and Morty themed. And oh, that's awesome. Pickle, pickle shirt they wore. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, we had a. Check it Leland. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's a, a slight, a slight delay to our, uh, from our voice to our hearing. Interesting. A slight delay from our voice <laughs> to our hearing. So from the Bluetooth, I mean. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I mentioned before that I have movie pass with Eva and this conversation is going to be a nice time capsule because I, if you talk about me having movie pass, like I feel like there's a 10 month window for, or a 12 month window for which you you could pinpoint when this podcast is being recorded, (laughs) but um, it is totally going down. It's so the end of the line. It's so Versailles, Pax Romana whatever you want to call it. What are they, bankrupt? Oh, my God. They, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last pod, but they they're, they had an SEC filing um, to, to get this emergency loan of $5 million. This was a couple months ago. And um, the, the, in the SEC filing for the $5 million um, loan that they got, it said specifically to pay vendors, which means, like, to literally keep the lights on. And people that Friday were t- – uh, customers were experiencing problems with the app. Eve and I were, were actually experiencing problems with the app, and what happened was we had to buy our ticket with cash, uh, take a picture of it, and send it to them, and they reimbursed us, so they lost even more money with that snafu. But they've changed, like every week they change their policy and they change like their their strategy. They're like, okay, this week uh, it's different. Now you get three movies a month, but and if more, you can get up to three dollars off. Uh, your ticket if you want more than three movies. But on the Wednesdays, you can see more movies, and on Fridays, we black out some, but new movies are kind of blacked out, but not new, new movies and new old movies, and it's, like, ridiculous. But essentially, at this point, like, Mission Impossible 3 is still playing, but I can't see it through Movie Pass. And there's a movie theater around the corner from us that has, like, ten movies showing, and Movie Pass will only let us see two of the ten. So they're, like, just blacking out tons of movies. <laughs> yeah. And it's what they should have been doing to start. What 
to start. They should have been cutting deals with movie um, production companies or, or distribution companies, whoever handles that, and, like, figuring out, like, we have this customer base and we will funnel them to your movie. And it can be indie movies. Because, like, even I've seen documentaries, we've seen indie movies, and they've been, like, awesome. Like, I would have never saw Skate Kitchen, which is this cool um, skater movie about these real-life kids in New York who are not professional actors, and they're, like, 15 years old. Um, and I would have never seen that. And so I'm glad that I had movie pass to force me to see that because I couldn't see Mission Impossible. Um, but on the other side of the coin, this is now more of a luxury. Like, before it was a luxury, but it was like, I really want to see all these movies. I want to see all the new – I want to see every Oscar-nominated movie. Now I can't do that because MoviePass has changed their model, but now they're, I am a customer and I'm hooked, so I might stick with them. It's a choice. I don't know, Lee, but I'm loving I'm still I still like MoviePass. It's 10 bucks a month. I can see three movies for, for 10 bucks. So. Yeah, so even if it's not like the newest movie, it's still something. Still, 10 bucks is so cheap. I know, 10 bucks a month. I, I, I pay for Eva and, and me, and we just saw Crazy Rich Asians, which was, I thought, really good. Wow. Well, I think my headset just died. Oh, did you hear my, my Crazy Rich Asians drop? Oh, hold on. We're burning up the pod here. The, the Bluetooth yeah, they, is cutting out. No. <laughs> we are burning up the, the airwaves here. Oh, I'm back on the Bluetooth. See, this is why I've got auxiliary. I did it. I did it a couple months ago. I went straight up. I got an auxiliary cable from my car. I said no more Bluetooth. My life has been much simpler. But I do love the headset. It's very convenient. Yeah, it is a toss-up. We are we are guinea pigs for all this new technology. <laughs> Yeah, like, are these Bluetooth waves coming out of my phone, like, melting my brain? It's, like, right on my head, you know? You know, I was super concerned with that, but Bluetooth is radio. Did you know that? So radio is not going to melt my brain? Correct. Um, radio frequencies are, like, incredibly safe based on where they are on the spectrum. Um, I think it's when things get higher on the spectrum than the visible or than ultraviolet. And then, inter, infer, like, because it's visible spectrum, I'm pretty sure, and then it's ultraviolet, and then it's just, like, fucking straight-up radiation. I don't know, after the gamma rays, you know, microwaves, yeah. um, x-rays. I'm pretty sure, no, maybe that's lower. I'm going to look that up. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the radio waves are all good, because I was worried about that with the Bluetooth, but, yeah, it's... It's the same frequency. Fast forward 20 years. Turns out radio waves were giving us autism. Oh, yeah. So it was the radio waves. That's, dude, we could totally make up a, you know, there was this statistic in sociology that was famous where um, in the summertime ice cream sales go up and in the summertime murders go up. So ice cream sales are linked to murders, like you, you one could say. Yeah, incorrectly. Yeah, so yeah, we could probably draw a correlation to when radio waves were invented and like the spike in reports of autism. Let's do it. Yeah. Get on Fortnite. Uh, get on Breitbart. 
Let's get it. I was thinking of a movie idea where uh, women couldn't get pregnant until they reached the age of 30. Like they weren't fertile until they got to the age of 30 and how different society would be. That would be, yeah, pretty, that'd be good. Or if women had penises until they were 30 and they fell off. And they just fell off or like, or like slowly <laughs> moved inward, slowly moved inward, like sucking inward. Yeah, dude, that would to- I feel like that would change our total perspective on like homosexuality, like sucking a dude's dick at that point, like, eh, it's just a pre-vagina, you know what I mean, Lee? You can go from sucking dick to fucking dick. Oh, like, well, so, uh, ooh, that, then, well, yeah, like, if you identify some, like, some somebody you, you're very attracted to, like, ah, uh, but she's 25 years old, like, I gotta suck her dick for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like turning a plastic bag inside out. Before I could start fucking her, like, ah, uh, like, if, if I met Eva, and she was like, listen, for the next two years, I have a penis, and you're gonna have to suck on it. I don't think she'd make me suck on it. I think she'd be nice. <laughs> but maybe that, I mean, that would be part of our species, so you'd want to suck on it. Right, and because it's not surgery, yeah, because it's natural, and it, it had been, it, this would have been going on throughout all of human history. This is a great, really great topic, by the way. I'm loving this topic. Yes. If women had penises until, if females had dicks until 30, that's such an amazing thought um, experiment in my mind. Uh, so do they, do they gradually do they gradually turn inward, like turning a sock inside out over the course of like a week, or is it just like a bang? <laughs> it just happens in like like a quarter of a second one day. I like yeah, I like to think of it as an umbilical cord um, falling off of the um, the belly button. You know what I mean? And so just think okay, of so the vagina falls off. Yeah, just think of the vagina as an innie essentially, and think of the penis as the umbilical cord, and it's just on for 30 years. <laughs> That's what I'm... So what if, you, what if you thought you were a female? Or what if, what if you thought you were a male, and then you turn 30 and your dick falls off? No, 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 no. You'd have tits. It'd be like, you'd start, you'd start menstru... You'd start bleeding through your pee-pee hole, you know? <laughs> well, then that'd be like transgender in that, in that universe. And, like, you wouldn't have testicles. Like, okay, in, in this thought experiment, you'd still have ovaries. So no no balls. If you're a woman, you have a dick, but no balls. you got a dick, but no balls. Just a shaft. It gets hard. Just a shaft. Just for a second. Just a shaft. And, okay, uh, well, that, that's still a distinction between genders. That's, but that, I think that could you're work. Right, right. But that's why I think you're right. Where, like, in high school, boys would be sucking girls' dicks. Oh, yeah. Make that fucking mistake. You'd be 69 and sucking dick. Because it'd be like, I'm not gay. This is a fucking girl's dick. But like nipples. But also, I think we'd have a different conception of gay. I think all this time we wouldn't be like, oh, no, he's gay. And also, I, 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 I like, as you know and as listeners know, like I like having biological um, reasons and origins and, like, evolutionary origins for, for psychological or sociological phenomena. And so, I I don't know, I think that homophobia or, or gay fear might be um, people's fear of getting a dick put in their ass. Like, like it's a um, sexual violence is, like, very dehumanizing, and men being physically bigger don't have to worry about it. And so, like, I think gay fear might just be a fear of 
violence because men are sexually violent. <laughs> anyway, um, but but if chicks had dicks, maybe there'd be a diff, there would be less fear towards sexual violence and, and or maybe less fear towards homosexual like there'd be less fear towards getting a dick jammed in your ass by a dude because you've got a dick jammed in your ass by a chick or you fantasize about it. So just due to genet, ge, genetic differences and variation, there would have to be females who were born without a dick to begin with, and they just always had a vagina. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe yeah. Okay, and so would those be... Super small minorities? Maybe they yeah, like I wonder minorities. if they would be the, the creme de la creme, that's who you want, or is it like, ugh, she didn't even have a fucking dick. Like, what's what is she going to know... How is she going to know how to do with my dick if she's never had one? And also, like, I, I'm missing out on that sweet 20-year-old dick. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, know, would want, picked, you would want that young dick. Yeah, dudes are picked up. Oh, that sweet, oh, that 20-year-old fucking dick. <laughs> it's so young. Yeah. We, we still, I don't, I don't think we would call a girl's dick a dick because a guy's dick is a dick. So we think you'd have to have some other word for a girl dick. Okay. Lady dick. Yeah, it has to be... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It has to be like her her root, her flower root. Like, like, like men's men's razors are Mach 3, women's razors are, are Venus. You know, we don't... We don't I'm we no Venus. A. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. It's all marketing. It's all about the market. Yes. Definitely. Well, anyway, that conversation that took a really weird turn, and I'm I'm fine with it. I think it had to be said. It did have to be. You know, it had to be said. Everyone's been thinking about it. It's been on everyone's mind. What if chicks had penises until they were thirty? Um, I mean, that's, that's just as that's just as likely as the reality that we live in. <laughs> You're right. It's just another alternative. We have weird. Yeah, like I got. I got a dick and balls. Like, why couldn't the other gender also have a dick and balls? And then they fall off around the time they turn 30. Right. Well, just balls are weird. Like, just having balls is probably as weird as having a dick that would fall off because these are organs that exist outside of our body. I tell that to Eva. Yeah. I'm like, this is fu- this is not right. This is a <laughs> a loose, leathery sack that holds organs that are outside of my body. Soft organs. Imagine if my kidneys... We're just hanging in a bag off my elbow. That's fucked up. Those are important. But it's it's the only way to it's the only way to regulate the temperature to optimize. Oh, regulate sperm. the temperature. Optimize. Yeah, that's it's actually on the genius. Sperm. No, that's on the sperm. That's not genius. Why can't the sperm live at slightly warmer temperature? Whoa, whoa, sperm! You can't live at eight at ninety six to ninety eight degrees. Come on, bro. Yeah, I don't know. Little, little pussy. Fucking sack up. You know what I mean? These sperms are little pussies. They can't even handle it. Whoa, look at that gender-related uh, 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 word. Yep, I put them against each other. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> have you ever eaten a pluot? Yeah, what? A dude, dude. Uh, a pluot, P-L-U-O-T. Have you ever heard, seen, eaten a pluot? I don't think so. So, like, they're just, it's like the liger of fruit, you know what I mean? They're just, like, cross-breeding. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a plum, 
mixed with an apricot. Ooh. Now, to me, this sounds pointless because plums are plums. I don't need I don't need any apricot influence, but I think what it I don't know what it does, but it makes them taste. They taste like plums to me, but then again, I haven't had a plum in a while, so I guess it's like a lighter flavor. You know, plums can either be sour, but but the good plums are like that deep, rich, dark sugar flavor. You know what I mean? And yeah. Apricots, I think, are kind of lighter, you know, color-wise, but also that sugar content seems like less caramelized almost, um, just less yeah, developed. Yeah, I, I do love them. Now, I, I'm not sure if I say apricot or apricot. I was just, I can't, okay. I don't know what I'm you know. I'm not sure. I love that. I love different pronunciations of fucking weird random things like that. Apricot, apricot. I don't know. I'm never going to say it again ever in my life for that reason. Um. Dude, something else my supermarket has, and, and I may have talked about this on the pod, I think that New Yorkers love talking about supermarkets um, and their supermarket, how theirs is superior. But the one even I go to has, when they're in season, which is very briefly, these what are called kiwi berries. Oh. You ever heard, seen, or eaten one of those? I can imagine what they are by the name. Dude, yes, it's a, it's a baby kiwi. It's the veal of kiwis. You're just murdering infants. You're taking their babies and you're putting them in your mouth whole. Interesting. And and those taste just like a milder kiwi, just like a super soft, mild, chill kiwi. And I'm all about eating the children, Lee. I'm all about eating their babies because young organisms have more of a stress response, and so they have essentially more of, of the energy, the, the life force to, to carry on than mature organisms. So, like, broccoli sprouts have more sulforaphane, which is what protects them from, from fungus, but when we eat it, it gives us antioxidants and prevents cancer. There's more of that in the young broccoli sprouts than the mature broccoli. And so I would imagine that the young kiwi is going to have things like that I think a balanced diet is important, so I think ripe fruit and unripe fruit, I think you, you balance that out to get everything. But anyway, I like eating the young children and the babies. It makes me feel good. I think young organisms sounds like a rap group, like Y-U-N-G, young. Whoa! Wait, hold on. I'm going to write that down. Y-U-N-G, and then how would you spell organisms? Uh, O-R-G-A-N-I-S-M-S. Okay, here's right. the thing. It has to be stylized. Here's what, like, it has to read like a T-shirt. Like, you know how Run DMC. Oh, you want you want like the you want the stylized version of organism. Well, here's what it's gonna be. Yeah, like yeah, think of like Run DMC or something like that. So like Young would be on the top, just U Y U N G, and then I think O R G should be in big letters, big block. O R G N O R G N Z N I Z. Or no, there any organizers or or organizers. Oh, 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 so so it'd be O R G N I Z M S organisms for the state of Oregon. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or organisms. Yeah, organisms. What if what's the organism? 
All right, have you tried the Marion berries? That's an organism. Organism. They have berries up there called Marion berries. I get a lot of weird kinds of fruit at my local. Is it is supermarket a dying term? Is that like an older term? What do we call it? Grocery store? Interesting. I I would still call it a store. I think those are still interchangeable to me, but I feel like supermarket might indicate like the 90s or 80s, like that big store with the... Super store. Supermarket. Superman. Like it has a hundred... Supermarket to me sounds like it has like a hundred kinds of salad dressing and they all have sugar in it for some reason. Welcome to the modern supermarket where all of your shopping needs can be fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, like the supermarket, because it's so super, it sounds like, you know, those tomatoes that are red and beefsteak and they just taste like wet sponges or the strawberries that are the same way. Like it all looks nice, but it's not good. Just like the 80s. Yeah, like the, the red delicious apple. Who the fuck is trying to give me a red delicious? Get the fuck out of here with your red delicious bullshit. Let me get that I'm Fuji. Dude, I'm strictly Fuji or better. Fuji's the baseline. I'm, I'm Pink Lady. I'm Honeycrisp. But you, you know, you know the good apples. I don't, I don't apple it up too much. I don't, I don't do, I don't do too many apples these days. I do a lot of bananas. Yeah, I remember you've been doing bananas. You've been on the bananas for a while. You've been yeah, doing been bananas. On... I feel like for a long time. Yeah, it's crazy that all, pretty much all. Uh... Like generic bananas that you find in stores are, this, are a clone of one banana. I heard about this. Yeah, it's like Saint Saint Richard's or like I forget what they're called, but it's one kind of it's one single like genome of a banana that they cloned, like one you know species of it, and then that's every single banana. So if there's like a like a bacteria or a fungus that like fucks up. Some bananas, like our banana stocks are, are completely screwed. So dangerous feelings, but it's been going well so far. Yes. I remember reading something about that recently. I, I believe the term is like crop failure, which just sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds terrible. I don't want crop failure. Just, those are two words that should not be together. But um, society is pretty fragile. I hope it keeps going. Quite fragile. That's why we got to vote, young man. Yep, true. We think, uh, you know, it's like uh, the work, the system will keep going. We got we got systems in place to take care of, you know, whatever might come about. Because we haven't had like, you know, the Spanish flu was so long ago, World War Two was so long. We talked about this before. Like we haven't had a a good mortal scare in a long time. Yeah, society's pretty amazing. I mean, it's pretty unbelievably amazing if you really think about how complex everything is. The government, like, holy fuck, we just got born into it. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I and also I th- I just think we've been on a miraculous 60-year run that might be on an end. Like, since World War II, I just think we were on some impeccable run where we didn't have a pandemic, we didn't have a world war, you know, we didn't have... Um, We've had dictators, but, like, we've gotten better with it. You know, we've been on a good run, and it's like, ooh, it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, Putin's a pretty bad guy, but. Putin, yeah, Putin on the wrist is not great. Um, yeah, he's definitely, like, has not, he's definitely killed a lot of people. 
Yeah, that's yeah, and, and Africa sure is like, hey, what about? Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. Um, the other day, I was asking, I, I was thinking out loud, what what's going to happen when China wants to stop being the slave labor for the world? Because we built our middle class um, through through regulations and, and New Deal stuff, but also. You know that's how we built the middle class, but but the upper class of our country is very much built on the slave labor of China and places like it. You know, that's how we yeah. were able to have a middle class and also rich, super rich people. Like, if if true socialism, you know, it would be like we would have a middle class at the expense of the super rich. What we did was we got our middle class, the super rich kept their super rich, and they just found other ways to exploit labor around the world. So I was asking, like, what what's going to happen when China decides, like, well, we want to be fully middle class. We don't want to be the slave labor for the world. And someone was like, I guess Africa. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. And China has been investing, like, tons in Africa, like, just going to countries and being like, oh, you need a bridge? Here you go. And, like, how many billion do you need? Like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, More than other countries. And I always wondered why, and I could do why, you know? Move the sweatshops rare. Yeah, I mean that's where all like the the pieces of the smartphones are coming from from mines in Africa. All like the precious like rare earth metals and all that kind of stuff. Right, I forgot about that. Right. You're right at the source. Yeah, like silicon or whatever they're getting there. I'm not mm-hmm. too educated on that. I uh bauxite I think is is there's a lot of bauxite mines which um is like one of the main things in making aluminum, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's the chief commercial ore of aluminum. So like Africa has like some of the most bauxite and then there's others. Just got like lithium or whatever else. But um Yeah. A lot of stuff going on in the world that I have no idea about. <laughs> I read recently that Africa is like super resource rich and always has been, which makes sense. You know, everything from gold to uh, to bauxite, like we were just saying. But the fact that they've been a poor country, like what, like if you if you're a country with a ton of natural resources and not a big population, like tons of water. I always thought of Africa as some dry, desolate place, but it's the opposite. It's like clearly that's been mismanaged and, and manipulated, and that's why. Oh yeah. Wow. Anywho. Um, one one more thing I. I wanted to mention before we were talking about how we love the warm weather I, I read an article once I, I googled it I was like where where can you live that doesn't require air conditioning and doesn't require heat I don't know if I googled that but it was something like I want to know where where's the most comfortable place to live where's the where is it warm all year round somewhere in California <laughs> well I got this there was this um, this article and let's see if I can find that article. Yeah. The series of the world where you don't need heat or AC. It's uh, published on Medium, which is a, a great, great source for uh, reading fun stuff. But Mexico City is one, um, which makes sense because it's, like, super high in the air. And so a lot of them are, like, mountainous or, like, near, they're, like, cities in the basin next to big mountain ranges. <laughs> So, Bogota, Colombia, Caracas, Venezuela, Guatemala City, Lima, Peru, 
Mexico City, Nairobi. Um, these are like all near high altitudes, you know, Quito, Ecuador. But then... Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be so far south. Interesting. Yeah, these are all near the equator, but all in high altitudes, which is interesting. So that seems to be a common theme. Uh, Antananarivo, Madagascar. So those, yeah, most of them seem to be close to the middle of the Earth, um, and then high altitude. But then there's Durban, South Africa, Port Elizabeth, South Africa, which is probably on the water, San Diego, California, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Sydney, Australia. So now we have other places, like there are certain spots that are just perfectly on the water. So that, I, I think San Francisco might be there too. I've heard so many great things about how San Francisco never gets too cold or too hot. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> so there's the list. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I, a lot of people have, like, that, like, urge to travel and all that kind of stuff. I just never really had that. Like, I have nothing against traveling. I just don't really have an urge to do it. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I got the itch, dude. I, I, I yeah, wish I people could. just have that. Yeah. I have the urge. I Eva's had the fortune of living abroad. Like, I've never been able to live in a country for a month or two. I really want to do that. And at some point I will. Um like, she'll be there for two or three weeks, but then I'll stay another two or three weeks to get the feel of, like, living in a place. So, yeah. Nice. But, yeah, everyone's different. Yeah, I'm going to, to Boston uh, the weekend after the wedding. We're going to go for f uh, four days and five nights. Right. Have you and, ever been uh, there? No, I've never been to Boston. We're going to go to, like, Salem and, like, see all, like, the witch trial stuff for, like, around the Halloween, so that'll be pretty cool. I, I've never, like, yeah, I've never been to Boston. I don't really know too much about it. Um, uh -huh. but, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm sure we'll, we'll huh. do a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. I've uh, I've only been to Boston once, and it was briefly. It was for work. I spent more time in Plymouth. But um, I would, I've never really spent time in Boston, so I'd love to do that. I hear it's just such a great town. So you're going to have fun. Yeah, it's only five hours away, so we don't have to fly or anything. We'll just drive there. And then um, she gets a discount because she works for uh, Camelback Resort, and, which is a Highgate hotel, and they also own, um, like, Holiday Inn and Marriott. Uh, so she gets a major discount on uh, hotel rooms, so that's going to save us, like, probably several hundred dollars. Yeah, did you say she works for Camelback? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, one yeah. of, like, the resorts out here, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, one of these days, you guys got to go to Montreal. It's six and a half hours from you. Is that all it is? Six and a half hours? Yeah. Isn't that great? From the Pocono? What? Yeah. Yeah. So I would do one in, like, next summer or something, like a three-day weekend or whatever. Oh, from, yeah, from the Pocono, yeah, six, six or six and a half hours. Like, no more than that. And um, you're in Montreal... And Montreal is amazing. It's like being in France, like, except people are cool. It's, um... Hello, welcome to Montreal! Dude, I would, if I lived where you live, that's exact. Because even I drive, like, seven hours to go to Yellowstone and Badlands in South Dakota, and we go to Santa Fe. Oh, nice. But, that's cool. Dude, if we live... And, and when I lived in New York, I should have fucking done all this shit. Ottawa is six hours away from you guys. It's the capital of Canada. I would totally go to Ottawa. What were you guys... Um, well, Ottawa, it just makes me think of South Park. They, 
They, they fucking ripped Canada apart so great. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's like, I, I never thought, like, I'm as a kid, I'm like, it's lame. I got New York City right here. It's so lame to go up there. But it's just something different, you know? It's fun to see something different. Well, you know what's also great about Boston is that weed is not legal there. Whoa! So I have never been. I have never been to a place where weed is legal ever in my life. In the history of my universe, I've never been to a place where weed is legal. So I'm wondering if they have recreational. Yeah, do they have recreational? Yeah. Like oh, recreational yeah. Um, dispensaries. Yup. Wow. Massachusetts, bud. Yeah, it just happened. I mean, within the past, like, year, I guess. Oh, I don't know if they have licenses for the first recreational marijuana, though. They might only have medical, like, dispensaries, and then it's legal to, like, possess. You might still have to, like, find some dude. Oh, uh, you might have to do what they do in D.C. D.C., it's legal, but they don't have recreational licenses yet. So what you do is you go to a place that sells CBD, and you buy some CBD for, like, $100 or $50 or whatever, and then they give you, quote-unquote, they give you a donation of weed. <laughs> they oh. might be doing that shit. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I'm actually going to look it up right now because I'm pretty sure that you can just buy it in stores. Yeah, look that shit up. Yeah, house sales are now legal in Massachusetts. Uh, here's when will recreational marijuana dispensaries open in Massachusetts posted in June of this year. Uh, Dude, I got something from five hours ago. It's like the first two licenses are slated to be given out. Well, anyway, I'll let yeah. you uh, research that. But yeah, that should be a good time, Boston. Yeah, I hope that I'll be able to buy it in stores. I mean, otherwise I'll just bring it with me. <laughs> they have, uh, uh, that would be cool. I'd be sad if I couldn't. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like I said, they might have that, that weird donation thing going on. You could find it. You know, it's weed. Have some fun. Yeah, it always, it, it always keeps up. Mm-hmm. Apparently they have really good Italian food in Boston, so check that out. Oh, yeah, that's explosion a little bit. Sweet. Um, well, sir, got anything else for me? You got a, you got a big wedding coming up. I don't want to keep you too long, but what uh, what else you got, or should we save it for another another chat? Yeah, I'm gonna see you in about a week and a half, and this might be the last podcast of my uh, pre premarital life. Yes, I'm so excited to see you, and yeah, you'll be a you'll be a better man in, uh, in a short time. So that's nice. You meet you meet Danny and Jack. Yeah, are we all getting married together? Like a weird cult situation? Yeah, yeah. it's all yeah. love. We love each other. American nice fraternity man. story. Yes. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's going to be good. Are you, uh, are you nervous? Are you just ready to get it over with? Are you excited for the day? I, we've been together for seven years, so it's not like anything really changes. we got it pretty much yeah. figured out at this point. Yeah. you got it figured out. 
Yeah. So. Well, cool, man. I can't wait to see you. Um, and uh, I guess that's all for this call. Yeah, been a good call. Call of the wild. <laughs> it's, good, it's a good call. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. All right. See you, buddy. See ya. Well, that was another unnecessary podcast with co-host Lee. So, hope you enjoyed yourselves. So long, pussycats. <laughs>